It's Monday, May 3rd. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? What up? It's going. All right. Anything crazy happen this weekend? Y'all good? Crazy. Um, I had Kate the entire weekend by myself. Um, come Monday morning, still alive. All right. Way to go, dude. That yep. is the bar. Nailed it. That's Win. the bar. <laughs> Both of you, even. Every time my, my sister leaves her kid with me, she just says, don't let him die. And then walks away. <laughs> that's actually, that's important, though. That's something you have to remind Aaron of every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's Kids don't die, Aaron. Kids don't die. Uh, this one my, can't run half marathons every 10 minutes. Yeah, Aaron. My, my wife went to a... Um, a family reunion thing and you know with her being pregnant and kate being two it was on top of a mountain and we just didn't want to deal with yeah wow facing her around the mountain um and so, <laughs> wow. so so i stayed understandable stayed here and so uh my wife was talking to her dad uh, at the end of the weekend he, he didn't go either so they got back she had ridden with her mom and she talks to her dad and her dad goes so who who where's kate and she goes at home. Well, who watched her? <laughs> he goes, she, yes. He goes, um, her dad, Russ. He goes. <laughs> his response to that was, "Really, <laughs> <laughs> really." Oh, that's awesome. Yes, that's hilarious. I watched and yes, successfully Harold. maintained my daughter's livelihood. Oh, that's so. that's fantastic. I love everything about that. Uh, Elizabeth and I decided to go just buck wild in our house and make a bunch of adjustments. You know, every once in a while, family show. Yeah, it's a family show, bro. I don't know. (laughs) Settle down. We don't have any chandeliers to to swing on. So I don't know what you guys are on about. That's what I would do if I had a chandelier. Um, Anyways, uh, every once in a while, she'll, she'll go crazy and just reorganize all the kids toys and uh you know tell everyone else in the family what to do which usually is get out i'm organizing the toys um and uh she asked for my input at one point just to come into our our game room and say do you think we should change the layout of this room at all and i looked around and for some reason decided to change the layout of like half of our rooms in in about 10 minutes so we moved the piano we moved rugs we moved our dining table into our kitchen moved our kitchen table into the dining room changed the rug turned it into a craft yes something something weird in the water probably they they drink a bang energy drink and then all of a sudden just went crazy it was nuts and it's over it was all it was oh, all on oh, if Sunday. You mix bang with it with red line, it <laughs> would be over. Like you, you <laughs> would be <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. I did a ton of yard work. I replaced two faucets, uh, some more nice. plumbing outside of that, even, and then did a bunch of concrete work, uh, dug some trenches. It was ridiculous. What were you it was concrete work? Why that was after running eleven and a half miles Friday afternoon when I was right. dog tired. So yeah, my, we, my what, was, what, what were you doing with the concrete drives. works? Yeah, so my buddy has a driveway that goes down towards his garage, and at like probably about two or three feet before the garage is where it kind of gets to a low point when it rains a ton. The drain that's right there off to the side doesn't really work that well, so we were cutting a strip across the driveway to put inlet drains into mm. the concrete there. 
So that way it would stop flooding his garage and subsequently his house. That makes so, sense. I'm going to yeah. have to do something like that near my garage. Well, if you go rent a concrete saw, uh, yeah, get the fun. most powerful one you can find. Nothing works like overkill when it comes to destroying oh, concrete. Yes. I'm telling I've, I've you. cut concrete a few times <laughs> and it's it's not fun. It's it's actually a pain in the butt and it yeah. produces boatloads of dust and awesomeness. Yeah, we, we were uh, spraying it as we went so that we'd keep the dust low. But anyway, all right, cool. We're a tech news show, so we're going to get to some tech news. If you want to talk about today in tech history, there really wasn't much. So if one of y'all could go invent something today, do something super killer, we'll talk about you next year. That'd be very helpful. So yeah. anyway, so what y'all got? May 3rd. May 3rd is the day you need to have invented something for next year. Do it today. Yeah. So I, I to start off, I mean, I, I found a bunch of things that I found interesting. And, and we mentioned kind of before the show started, there was some Epic versus Apple stuff. But the thing that is interesting to me is that there's a new player emerging. Player three plus what? press start. Uh, it's this actually not necessarily involved, but it is also getting sued. And I think it's oh. being done based <laughs> on the what? Steam that is coming off of the Epic and Apple case because Valve is now being sued, nice which, by plan. the way, I suspect this goes very poorly because I cannot stress to you. I've, ex- I've explained this before. Valve cares exactly zero about any of you. Like they just, <laughs> sure. they sure. just print so much money and they, uh, you have to recognize that th- this is an interesting thing here. So the creator of Humble Bundle. Wait, that's not, were you talking know. about our government? That cares nothing about us and just prints money? Or... That's what I was talking about. Yeah. Gabe okay. Cool, our so... overlord. Yeah. Okay. Just so we're on the same page. So the Humble Bundle creator um, is basically saying that Steam is effectively a PC gaming monopoly, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. is potentially true. However, I myself and pretty much all of Reddit seem to believe that this is going to be an extremely uphill battle because... Uh, there's maybe one one leg to stand on, but there's like, for instance, <clears throat> the very first bullet point that they list is every other company's attempt to compete with Steam has failed to make a dent. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> like do better than I suppose. Like it says, even though many of them offer developers a bigger cut of the profits, such as the Epic Game Store's 88% revenue share, as opposed to uh, Steam, which is 70. So Steam Valve mm-hmm. takes a, a 30% cut, just like the Apple classic 30%. Yeah, yeah. And so here's what his here's what's interesting to me, and what I have a feeling is going to come out in this court case and is going to be relatively damning for anyone who's going up against Valve, is that there have been a myriad of other digital distribution platforms ever since Steam created digital distribution platforms in 2003 or four. Is that publishers that have created their own platforms and ran them for a decade have recently moved their games back to Steam, (laughs) which tells me that Steam is generating enough value for them to forego their own store. Sure. So they made that decision on their own. Is Steam um, being criticized for doing something anti-competitive beyond the the price of the the, the, the cut closest thing, their, their rake yeah the closest thing that they have is uh that steam does not allow you to so you can sell steam keys 
on other stores. So you can go buy a Steam key and then apply it, you know, from from Humble Bundle, for example, and then you could go whatever buy, you know, use it on the store Wait, and, what's and then Steam download key your game. And what's a Humble Bundle bundle? <clears throat> so Humble Bundle Humble, is Humble Bundle. basically it's traditionally meant for like indie developers to be able to bundle a bunch of their games together for like five bucks, and and they all get sort of a cut of it, and that's sort of the way it works. Is you get, go get the Humble Bundle. Uh, you pay a certain amount of money. Sometimes it's a donation game where it's like if you if you donate more than the last person who donated, then you get all of the games. Or if you donate a minimum amount, then you get some of the games. But it's usually meant to help, you know, fund charities, fund the company, and then fund these developers. So it's 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 a good thing. The humble bundle is is pretty popular and and a good thing as a whole. And a lot of them bundle Steam keys. Well, one thing that Valve does not allow you to do, and this is the thing that I think that they maybe have a leg to stand on, although I don't know if that's true or not, because there are other competitive platforms out there, is they don't allow you to sell a Steam key at a reduced price from the Steam price. Mm. So the price must remain the same. That that actually that actually is really interesting because it, it's if you're, you know, a retailer, for instance, you can sell something at a loss just to to move it as an example. Right. Um, it, making it so people can't does actually sound pretty anti-competitive. That that may end up being what gets them in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I so, do imagine that if they're, I mean, because I don't know how the the payment works between the we'll just say the the reseller and Steam is. I don't know if Steam, yeah, if after that key is sold, that they would put Humble Bundle on the hook for the same money amount? I, I have no idea. I mean, like, for instance, that would be selling it at a loss. So you could do that if you're, a, I don't know, a Procter & Gamble brand or whatever that is sure. sold at Target. If Target wanted to sell you that whatever toilet paper roll for a dollar, but it costs them $2, right? they could do that. It's I mean, I, I imagine Steam would be fine with that. Maybe it's just that Steam is not allowing them to align pricing at a lower amount. I, I have no idea. But uh, interesting. I don't know. That, that's the one thing that they seem to think is some form of anti-competitive behavior. But I would argue this. It says, you know, Steam has approximately 75% of the entire PC gaming market. Yeah, well. It used to have 100%. Nah. So clearly something has happened as Steam has grown to have them go down to 75%. Um, so they've lost, you know, at least 20% of their share is probably never fully a hundred percent, but uh, definitely of distribution percentage wise, it was, it was a hundred percent for a while. Cause they were the only digital distribution platform. So I don't know. I just, to me, this seems like, cause I've used all of these platforms. I can physically see all of them right now. And, you know, while I'm comfortable using them now for a long time and, and still to this day, they don't offer the same, the same level of features that, that steam does. And, I think a lot of people like to sort of aggregate all of their titles in as few of stores as possible. Uh, I mean, I shoot my Steam account has 600 games on it. So if I had 600 games spread across 10 different services, it would drive me insane. So that's that's just sort of part of the issue is, is that Steam provides a dramatically better service than a lot of the other ones. And I think that there is sufficient competition. Just the fact that people aren't using it, that's not... I guess it's indirectly Steam's fault. I don't think they're doing anything to prevent people from being able to, you know, create and leverage their own stores, which is why there's like five other ones out there. So I don't I don't think this will go anywhere, but it'll be interesting to see if there will be something that changes around 
I don't know, the way you can use Steam keys. And just to clarify, Billy, since I didn't earlier, a Steam key is literally a key to put into Steam to download a Steam game. So if you if yeah. someone okay. wanted to sell it, so that's that's what it is. So it's like a CD key back in the day when we it is literally a, it, it is a CD key. It is in this exact same format as right. a CD oh, is it really? key. <laughs> yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, I remember when we, when uh, I used to buy video games that didn't have CD keys. I was like, this is crazy. I can just go install this on every PC. <laughs> Which is why CD, CD keys, keys came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I I can remember vividly, it was a long time ago, got a game for Christmas and I was at a relative's house and I installed it on a PC in one room. And they're like, oh, hey, you know, you can't use this room anymore because someone else is coming over and they're going to stay here. You can go stay in this other area or whatever. Here's another computer, which by then, I mean, that was kind of crazy that they had multiple computers. Right. Um, install it again there. And I was like, oh man, am I going to be able to play this when I get home? I've already installed it somewhere. And then I just went and installed it. I don't know. Anyway. Well, it's, it's okay. worth pointing out that what you're describing, if you go through like the lineage of that, it was, you could just, you could, you know, <clears throat> install a game anywhere that you wanted to, because yeah. there was no way of having any form of digital rights management. The first form of that was a CD key that would yeah. be registered and was like a one-time use sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, <clears throat> I mean, still that that became easy to get around. They had CD key generators and stuff like that that people would use all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that we used them for our land parties, but maybe maybe not. No, that was uh, people in random been illegal. Use them. Yeah, people at random, not not us, but other Just other people, nefarious people yeah. on the internet use them. That's right. Well, Iscreants. that that's really a, hurt. Word of the day? <laughs> that's the word of the day. That's right. <laughs> As you can imagine, that hurt PC publishers and developers pretty heavily. Sure. And it discouraged them. So there was, there's, I mean, there's been a myriad of different times where people have said, you know, PC gaming is dying. But during the early 2000s, whenever game development was really picking up and getting really, really expensive, and internet was getting faster. Piracy was becoming a, a major, major problem. And Steam came around kind of in the same way that I guess you could say, I don't know, Spotify or Apple Music or, or someone came around to kind of improve upon the user experience that you know that Napster had originally done for music. And, it's, and so it was, it was a changing of the model. And in many respects, Steam and Valve saved PC gaming from literally going away because developers didn't want to develop for it because of piracy issues. And so that was a major, major boom and win. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are now uh, from a PC gaming perspective if it weren't for Steam. So that's why they have 75% market share because <laughs> they came in yeah. and saved you know, the industry. So I, maybe these, maybe the humble bundle people should say, thank you. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. It'll be curious to see because our current administration is definitely uh, leaning towards uh, anti-tech and anti-tech monopoly for sure. Um, so I think these suits probably are well-timed for the folks looking to put them oh, into the corner. Definitely um, well-timed. I think you you will appreciate the statistic, by the way. We'll close on this one. So Valve has a small amount of employees. Uh, based on just, <laughs> just the Steam revenue, uh, at their 30% cut, it is $16 billion in annual revenue for sales. Just from that 30% cut fee alone. That means it's over $15 million per year per Valve employee is the wow. value with which they Oof. get. That's a, it's a pretty solid return. Makes me wonder what Valve employees get paid. 
<laughs> not that much. Not anywhere close to that. <laughs> Gabe Gabe owns a country. I'm pretty sure. So, you know, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I saw it in. Uh, it, apparently, yeah. um, in this back and forth, uh, mostly around the Apple stuff. Apparently, um, but Microsoft is is lowering their fees or their take in their um, app store or specific to games. I didn't catch if it. Yeah. Was, the I Microsoft store, it. like on Windows, yeah. um, from I forget twenty something ish down to twelve percent. Uh, I guess was what was released in some kind of internal memo. Um, from, I think from those... th- from thirty percent to twelve. Oh, it was thirty? Okay, yeah, thirty so, is so what that... everyone used. We're right, which, of which companies. I mean, no, it's it's definitely not collusion if everyone's doing it. Um, I'm sure they didn't didn't get together and agree on that because that would be illegal. Um, That's awkward. <laughs> but it is very curious now that people are getting sued that they're all finding new price discovery for what they can and should be doing in their marketplaces. Not Valve. Not Valve. Yes. <laughs> they don't give a Yeah, and and I think Valve Valve might actually they might do a little bit better there because they were the first one to make that that percentage right i mean valve literally mm-hmm. was the first one to decide what that distribution should look like so w- with the, the early market making sort of move they can say i picked 30 i don't know why all those other guys did if they wanted to compete with me maybe they should have tried harder <laughs> they, they did also by the way they were the first ones to make uh and i don't think a lot of people know this it's probably somewhere in one of these articles but uh i'm almost certain that they have a tiered structure based on mm. revenue. So like mm. if you do after your first like $10 million in sales, it can go down to like 25% and then 20 million in sales. See, yeah, that's interesting. Cause or whatever I, it might the, be. Apple and I mean, maybe Epic looks like this too, but they don't, they don't define that clearly, do they? It's not like in the developer documentation, if you sell this much, then you get it. It's like everybody has to negotiate. Is that, am I, as, yeah, as far as I know, that. that's that's accurate. And I don't think Valve did this of their own volition. I think they did. Um, I think that one of the major publishers, if I remember it at the time, it was you know several years back, came to them kind of pressing them like, hey, can we can we strike a deal if I put all my games on here? And they were like, sure, here you go. Here's your games, and here's I'll, we'll take five percent off the top once you cross ten million dollars in sales. <laughs> And so, and by the way, it's not for all of their games. It was like for mm. that game. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Specific. So, so like a per per game type of sales sort of thing. So, I don't know. I'm very very interested to see what comes from it. This I think would have had more uh, validity, in my opinion, ten twelve years ago. Mm. But we have had, you know, no less than five other competing storefronts for at least six or seven years at this point, point, if not longer. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they, they definitely, since, since valve is not a platform owner, uh, as far as like the, the thing that you run the games on, they don't own windows. They don't own PC. They don't make a PC product. They do make an operating system, but no one, but me uses it. So the, uh, I think that the fact that you can use Windows however you want to and install whatever you want to, it is the exact same process. In fact, you could argue Windows Store has an advantage by being installed by default. Steam, you mm-hmm. have to install. Mm-hmm. It does not come this pre-installed on anything. So uh, once again, it's, I, I think that Valve, if nothing else, 
is going to struggle to figure out which points they want to present first. Cause I think they're going to have a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, moving on. What else is out there? Man, I was not impressed with the news. I know there's a, another no. major. Why are uh, you yelling one, at the news? One what of the top the things was, did you news? know you could drill a hole in Apple's new air tags and not break it? Like the, on hey, every hold tech on. site was. What's an air tag? I saw that. You put a, uh, put a key Tim, ring through it. Like, yeah, we talked about it on the last tags. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. De- definitely, definitely not taken from Tile. I, I don't think there's any. Yeah, it's it's basically Tile. I get it. At yeah, all. Right. it's exactly like Tile. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like tile. and you can drill a hole in it because I could drill yeah, a hole in can... Tile as well if you I wanted can. to. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have special bits for that. So, yeah, no, I was looking That's up uh, some of the other stuff. We talked also about Verizon was looking to sell Yahoo and AOL. Yeah, I did see that. They found a buyer, and they sold what? it for five billion. Yep. yep. Uh, and I think Verizon said, yeah, they're going to keep 10% stake. Yeah. And it'll be rebranded as just Yahoo. Yahoo. But they spent, where's the number? Verizon bought AOL for $4.4 billion in 2015 and Yahoo two years later for $4.5 billion. Oops. So they're going to get 4.25B in cash from the sale along with keeping 10% stake. Keeping the, the 10% company. stake. So yeah. like 50%. Close. That hurts. Yeah, closed in the second half of 2021. It's being bought by a private equity firm, Apollo Global Management. Have y'all heard of them? <laughs> I've heard yeah. that name yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of Research. them maybe a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, you know what's crazy here? I don't know if we're looking at the same article because I did have it pulled up as well. Um, who wants to guess market cap at peak for AOL and Yahoo in- independently? So, two different market caps. Mm. Gosh, AOL had to be in like 80s, 90s at some point peak, right? 80, even, 90 even billion? Even north. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Actually, bo- guess both, both of them are, <laughs> both north, of of them them are north of that. Really? Okay. Uh, no. Well, that's that's what I got. That's, yeah, I would have guessed under that. I would, so. I would have guessed okay. right around. Well, <clears throat> and then AOL? I was going to say like 100 and change for Yahoo uh, because of how prominent it was for a while too. But that's it. <laughs> Let's just say that AOL did a really good job of capitalizing at the time on giving away free discs uh, yeah, because they had a market this. capitalization of more than $200 billion. Wow. Jeez. I wouldn't have guessed Consider that. Consider the time that they yes, had. That's what I'm saying. Of $200 billion. Yeah, back then. Yeah. That's insane. That surprises me. Yep. And then Yahoo, uh, a measly uh, $125 bills and change. Okay, so that was close. I was closer on Yahoo. I was thinking yeah. that they were a little over a hundred, but I, I'm shocked that AOL, because of when they would have peaked, yeah. were that high. That's absolutely insane. It's nuts. And, and for so the listeners, now to sell home, them combined for five billion. Just to give you some comparison, <laughs> Facebook's market cap is nine hundred twenty-three billion. Apple's is two point two trillion. Amazon one point seven trillion. Microsoft one point nine trillion. Google one point six trillion. Or Alphabet, I guess, but. Just for some comparisons. Yeah, but that's that's the that point. What's the time did. value? That's yeah, what I'm trying to figure when out. When did AOL peak? Is, time value is the date? What's, what yeah, was the date? A, a, I just guessed like 1998 or something. Yeah, I was going to say like like mid mid to late 90s would have been my guess for AOL's peak. Um, but that, I mean, I guess that could have been a tail too. Anyways, that, that would have been my guess. So 200 billion in the 90s. Is what today? Yeah. Did you Google it. 
I I'm, gonna spin, I'm gonna continue using 1998. Um, nope, it's just showing me other things worth 200 billion dollars in 1998. <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. Uh, well, maybe uh, as we move on to something, actually, no, I found it. Uh, it looks like well, 100 dollars. So 1998 yeah, it'd be about 350 billion today. It, so a dollar today is worth only about 62% of a dollar in 1998. So just assume that you know, take that 900 billion that was Facebook I think you said and take mm -hmm. 62% of it and that would be the comparable value uh standing next to AOL and once again a sort of a fictional time period making up this 1998. Yeah, right. Uh number Yeah, cuz it's but, a it it scales pretty quick. I threw in 90, 1995 just to see the difference, and it's uh, 73%. Yeah, now, wow. 74. So the big, big change there. And that actually makes sense because, uh, well, no, that's 90s. It was the 80s, early 80s had insane, uh, you know, rates of return and, and mortgage rates and stuff like that, which would have uh, probably had a pretty substantial inflationary effect. But hey, hit me with y'all's thoughts on the air if you want about Ethereum pushing past 3,000. Love it. I still stand by Ethereum taking the test of time cryptocurrency wise. Uh, I mean, if any of them are going to succeed as both some kind of store of value, but more importantly, a medium of exchange, I think Ethereum has a lot going for it, not just the transition to proof of stake, which changes the kind of flips the script, if you will, on the cost of calculating transactions because it's not going to be a proof of work anymore like bitcoin is today and as is ethereum one dot whatever they're at but um sure. it's also uh the blockchain that like 90 percent of alts are built on so mm -hmm. most of the altcoins people look at they're they're actually programmatically anchored to ethereum and the way ethereum does what ethereum does and that's what enables most of them to, to sort of function. So they're piggybacking off of the technology that Ethereum produced. And, and that just makes it more relevant, right? So pick a month where it crosses 10K. Oh, goodness. 10K? Just putting you in the hot seat. When does it pass 10K? Because we oh, know it will. I, I don't even know. Like, what's, the, what's its market cap right now? Hold on. November 2023. November 2023. November 2023. Go ahead and put it down. I'm, I'm looking at. I want to see cap right now is 362 billion. Yeah, and there are 115 million, almost 116 million Ethereum. Yeah, so, with no hard cap. Yeah, well, and that's always a problem for Ethereum. But let's assume that it's not not gonna actually. Does it have a predefined growth rate right now, or, or not predefined, but historical? I'm not. We're making not guesses, sure. Tyler. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Nope. He's just, this he's is just like telling a, you how he thinks. This is like a Fermi problem. It's fine. Um, he's telling you how he thinks. So a million billion. Like That'd be one point one trillion. Uh, which is where's where's Bitcoin right now? It's right right around there. It's right about that. that, right? So yeah. I think I think Ethereum one point oh nine trillion. Yeah. I think if oh did we just years. lose him? He's back you, now. Oh, you said I think you that out. Ethereum. Yeah. I think Ethereum will overtake Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, Bitcoin's current capitalization. I, I actually think it might overtake Bitcoin in the long run in general. I'm going to say three and a half years from now for it to be worth that 1.1 to 10K, your, your guess. And mm -hmm. I think within five years, it might actually win out. 
Just a guess. Okay. Cool. Well, you heard month? it here, folks. What month? What, well, I don't know. <laughs> that was the question. <laughs> it was what month? What month are we in? May? Yeah, so, May of 2021. You, you must said have been a years horrible ago. test taker. Just Five, ele- November. Yeah, no, November, November, three and a half years from now. <laughs> or three years from now, right? It was real fun to debate in school. <laughs> Taking my November. He's not even a Well, yeah, year. it's it's three three and a half years. It's it's thirty-eight okay. months. Cool. So. There you go. <laughs> All right. What else we got in the news here? What else we got? Uh Bewley, I'm assuming that you have updated to 14.5, correct? Yeah, uh, yes, I did. Did did you find any interesting messages from your apps that were explaining to you, you know, no. that they it may not be free or whatever, no. whatever the time comes? <laughs> no, there was no weird things like that. I, I see them all over the place, which is why I ask. I, I updated my iPad, but I, I haven't actually used it since updating. I just updated it because uh, I'm a sucker for making sure all of my devices are updated all the time. So I, I have yeah. a, sort of a schedule. Um, but it's saying that Facebook and Instagram specifically uh, notices in iOS apps tell users tracking helps keep them free of charge, uh, which I, I do wonder. I mean, it's, helps. It's, it's valid. Um, <laughs> But I, I do uh, wonder helps. if, if I, I people are helps going to about bucket of garbage. Doesn't right. help. It's literally how they make all their money it's, off. It's of quite you. literally the thing. It is. Well, there there the are thing. other ways of doing advertising. Advertising is just better for. I know, but but if they if they couldn't track people and they weren't doing targeted ads, they likely wouldn't be successful at all. So I guess they could say helps, but it's like with a giant asterisk right next to it. Helps by being ninety nine point nine percent of how they make money. <laughs> so what I what I what I'm curious about, and obviously this is this is one platform, but it's a big one. So it's do we think that Instagram and Facebook, how many people do you think they would lose if they started charging you? I don't know what the dollar per head is of a user. I guess we could probably calculate that, or maybe it's filed, but uh, I don't know a dollar a month to use the services. Or two to use the application, like, yeah. I, how many do you think would fall off? Uh, I, I wonder. I mean, it's just uh, it's an interesting thing if this actually came to fruition. I don't know that it will, but if it did, what do we think the ramifications would be for, for users I, of the platform? I bet they'd lose 10 to 15 percent of their users if they did that. This is a totally random guess. I don't know the yeah. industry well enough to say that, but but I also think a dollar per month per user is freaking pennies compared to what they get by by selling the targeted ads and being so good at the targeted ads, right? Because that's how they maximize conversion. That's why I've read a number of things that talked about like people being pissed at Facebook uh, because of the way that they manage advertising as a platform and things like that. But ultimately they go back to Facebook, kind of like your example with Steam, because it's so good at generating opportunities for them. And so I think if you take away the ability to get targeted ads, you're going to, A, you're going to hurt a lot of downstream, you know, subcontractors, basically. The people there, you have to, like, we, we like to vilify these platforms. And in some cases, I think that's fine, totally appropriate. But remember that the people that are making Facebook a boatload of money on your data are the people that are selling you stuff. And the only reason that Facebook continues to print money on advertising is because it's working so well, advertisers yeah. keep paying Facebook We have it. numbers on this, by the way. Yeah, I'm just saying, like... You take away targeted ads, you're not just robbing Facebook of their income stream, you're robbing advertisers of the ability to convert their dollars into your purchases. Sure. So 
Uh, I, I don't think that a dollar a month is anywhere what close to what they actually make off of each one of their users. Well, we know in what fact, the number is. Those numbers are there, right? <laughs> so yeah, um, so they, if, if they were charging me $20 a month or something like that, and I don't know how close it gets, if it's right in front of you, but then, yeah, they're going to lose precipitous numbers of people. So it's, this is, uh, it just um, doesn't compare, you know? This is a yearly number. And it's it's honestly, I mean, percentage-wise, it's it's dramatic in its difference. But actual dollar-wise, it is not. So my assumption is is that the char- the actual charge rate would be somewhere between two and three dollars, but maybe yeah, per month because per in 2020, it looks like this is on a per year basis. So average revenue per user uh, on the year for 2020 was thirty two dollars and three cents. Oh, okay. So annually, so divide that I by mean, twelve. That's just, and that's. I guess it's a. Yeah, two, it's the big two numbers problem, right? Yeah, they just yeah. have so many users that thirty bucks a user is two why their stock price is so month. bloody high. Yeah, yeah if I had to pay for nuts. the apps for the social apps, I would not use it, except for save maybe Twitter. I might pay for Twitter. <clears throat> and, yeah, and would you? Would you laugh if, if everybody else saying I would definitely? Well, no, no. Oh, yes. But if everyone left, then no, for sure would. Well, and that's the problem is that so many people you interact with that make it interesting would leave because yeah, exactly. Like I wouldn't pay for Twitter. Yeah, and it's oh, the only social on Twitter, media Tyler, platform I, I use. Yeah, right. The I mean, I think because what would happen here is what's already happened in another industry, and we've talked about it before, which is sort of the uh, you know the newspapers, um, news industry, etc. And and I do pay, as I've mentioned before, mm-hmm. um, for some of these outlets. I think I have you know five, six of them, something like that. And what they normally do is they say, "Hey, you'll get a dollar a week for twelve weeks, or a dollar a month for twelve months, right. or whatever it is." And then after that, it's like six hundred dollars a minute, or something like that, um, that you have to pay. It, it may be less than that, uh, give or take, something like that. But it, that I have, I have a feeling that they would do a lot of that. A lot of promotions where it's like, pay ten dollars for the year, and then after that, it's ten dollars a month for the rest yeah, of your yeah. life. Stuff like that. Yeah, and I think a lot well, of people and man, that, but if if it's interesting, I you know, I bet if we looked around a little bit, we'd find out that they've tried that too. I'll bet. Uh, oh, they've Facebook definitely ran and Twitter the like. Yeah, exactly. But, but sure. more than that, like they've probably taken small tranches of their user base and just seen like, hey, well, would you? you know, take ad-free Twitter for a dollar a week or something like that. Um, and and just to get a feel, or if they actually just tried it, you know, like hit a market and said, here, now it's a dollar dollar a week. What do you do? And and to see how that works out. But man, if, if they if try this free. and it worked, right? I mean, I could see this not being ad-free to some degree, but it would just have <laughs> less ads. <laughs> Didn't that come up last Ooh. week? How angry... <laughs> Pay yes, for uh, HBO. less ads. Yeah, did you hear uh, about that one? Well, yes. it's not, it, no, we it's not necessarily one? pay for less ads. It's paying for the app. I pay for New York Times. You think New York Times doesn't have ads whenever I log ads. into That's my account? True. They yep, absolutely does, yeah. do. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I mean, it's not a. Yeah. It, it depends on the model they chose. Do you choose an ad-free experience or do you choose not? Which I don't think you have the choice if you're on iOS because. One of them is going to not track you or something like that. I, I don't know how they that can still advertise. Them. It just won't be targeted. That's yeah, something people absolutely. are forgetting here too. It's like, just because you opt out of being tracked by apps doesn't mean you see less ads, right? You're going to see ads. They're just going to be less relevant to you. And less. It's also just an attempt. Facebook. It's also just a, yes. it's a request to not be tracked as well. Let's not forget that. <laughs> FYI, I don't like this yeah, with no yeah, teeth. Exactly. 
Yeah. Oh, oh no. There, there are absolutely teeth because if you do not uh, adhere to the request, your punishment is removal off of the app store. So So let's, let's, let's let's not pretend, let's not pretend like there's no teeth. So if they start charging for apps, uh, do you think they start with the USD or do they start with the Doge? Doge. Get out of here. You're not going <laughs> to get out of here. Why, why would they use? Why would they use? I'm USD? just trying to keep it real or lighthearted or a joke. Uh, it's probably banana. If you're going to take is that a, a thing, meme, banana. Yeah, it is. Mm. it's like the Doge version of Nano. Listen, <laughs> if y'all want to talk about serious <laughs> things, I have a pretty serious thing for you. Kroger begins testing drone deliveries for baby products and s'mores. I've got what? a baby. Why <laughs> those two we things? Because you're sitting in your backyard and you want awesome. s'mores falling from the sky. No, yeah. no, that I get, but not baby products. I'm not oh, sitting in my backyard with babies. hundred percent coming well, I mean, to my s'mores. house. Yo, for real, in you're July sitting there trying to. From, yeah, you're sitting there trying the to change a baby diaper, and then you got no more diapers. You just hit the thing, and then a drone drops. You know, you know. And the drone I, changes the baby for you. Ooh, I feel like that's a first time. If it's s'mores, it should be like s'mores and beer. That that makes more sense than s'mores and baby products. Okay, but then you need an identity verification tool to buy things remotely. It's have a alcohol. drone. It can just look at you. It knows who you are. <laughs> all right. Just taps right into the NSA's database, verifies What's... your address, all your kids, <laughs> social security. Oh, What's interesting about this <laughs> is that it, it's showing the uh, Kroger drone delivery service, and it is like a trailer sitting inside of a Kroger parking lot. So I imagine when you make your order, it's a Kroger employee just grabs it, walks out to this trailer, gives it to a drone and the drone just takes off. Like that's, I like the way you gestured giving here. it to a drone. Yeah. That's fantastic. I hope it works just like that. Yeah. I, you know, when you started so to say it, I thought you were going to say delivering babies. And I thought drones were going to become the, like the, the new storks, this century stork. Yeah. Well, so I need that, to look that's fun. Book over it. Uh, this is Certainly this stuff easier. is like we joke about it, but this stuff is going to take off, man. Uh, oh, one yeah, of my cousins, yeah. who I was trying Until to get somebody into tech, gets decapitated, he just accepted an offer uh, this past, I guess it was on Friday, to work for Skyward, owned by Verizon, and uh, he's going to be he's going to focus on a few specific customers, like uh, like a UPS or something, right? Where they offer this software to help them deliver because. I guess the whole concept here is you can't expect UPS to be experts in drones and drone delivery. So then it's a service why? for drone software management and all that kind of stuff. I would say why, yet. Why would you? Well, yeah, yet, of course. But if they say, yeah, we want to get into this game, then they're going to go work with a partner that is focusing on for sure. Uh, how do you, all the software behind managing a fleet of drones that's delivering packages. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. So, But why wouldn't UPS like just you. buy that company? Well, I mean, it's owned if, by Verizon. Were... Ver- Verizon bought them. Oh, well. That we'll just wait why. for Verizon to sell it for like one twentieth of its value, <laughs> and you'll be good to go then. Sorry, Verizon. I'm a loyal customer. Uh, Thank you for the service you provide me. Um, yeah, I, I hate to tie this back, but I it's the topic is tied to something we already talked about with uh, Epic talking about Apple's App Store. But the topic is actually slightly different. It's talking about this the profit and how high the profit is from Apple, and it's a claim saying that it's it's as high as seventy eight percent, which I imagine to like the average person reading this, they they say to themselves, no company should make as high as 78% margin on something. And and I say to Uh, myself, I could name five things real easy, real fast. Oh, I know. It's so, it's so easy. 
And, and I think so I'm sensitive to this topic because I'm in a very low margin business. And so like, it's amazing to me because I've had to point this out to customers before around some of the things they look at and buy and be like, you do realize that you can go look at the public filing of a company and see what yeah. their, their margin and profit looks like. And then, and then they'll do it and they'll be like, oh my God, this is in the 80s. I'm like, yes, because this is, a, this is necessary to operate a business. And yeah. so when you think about like running an app store or developing and reselling software, the marginal cost for distributing and recreating it is you know so low to effectively zero a lot of times that you can only assume that margins are incredibly high. So it's just, it's funny to me that this is even a story, but it's one of those things that I think that if you... Well, who are you talking about again? I'm, I think I missed that. Someone, some fruit company, Apple, Apple, oh, something okay. like that. Someone is commenting on the margins huge, that they're making of, of the app store specifically. And it oh, was Epic saying this, it's in their case or something like that. Wait, if they're if complaining were, that Apple is making 80% margin on it, subscriptions being sold for other software being developed and sold through their store. Correct. Cause they're yes. not, okay. if I were a judge, I would sit here and I'd say, think okay, about that. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me here? Like you're selling your products in my market and I'm taking a cut of it. And you're complaining about the level of margin I get. Yeah. Go sell it in a different store. It's just amazing to me um, that, that this is, that this is a complaint that anyone thinks would hold any merit. Like this is what this is. Well, so there's some nuances, (laughs) the, the Spotify thing, right? That's, is that the one you're talking about? Uh, I'm not. Epic brought this up about Apple. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's some there's some uh, Spotify aspects too, where they're complaining about um, how Apple Music is the default thing, and how they charge a cut of um, Spotify's thing. You have to pay. You have to do a subscription through Apple in order right. to yeah pay Same for thing Spotify. For yeah. Exactly. Um, the European European Union is looking at fines as high as twenty seven billion dollars to wow. towards to Apple. That's why Apple has to have 78% margin so they can pay these freaking fines when they come up. (laughs) Yeah. And so the, the executive vice president of the European commission, um, she said, let me pull this up. Our preliminary conclusion, Apple is in breach of EU competition law. Apple music competes with other music streaming services, but Apple charges high commission fees on rivals in the app store and forbids them to inform of alternative subscription options. Consumers losing out $27 billion. Yeah, no. And and I understand that completely because they have other things in there. Like you're not allowed to link to your website within your app. Or something like what? that. Oh, right, because yeah. they want to keep you in the platform. They want you to so stay that, in so there. Nobody, you can't because yeah. because what you could do is you could uh, go sub- you could subscribe on Spotify.com and then download the app and log in. That'll yeah. work just fine. But, See, so I, I'm less okay with stuff like that, right? Because it, this, I feel like we've talked about this a few times. It, it's kind of I, I read a great thing. This is a while ago, and I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show, but it was somebody who was talking about um, like when you're looking for a product. It, a lot of us gravitate to Amazon at this point, or maybe Amazon, Walmart, but predominantly Amazon. And they said, when you're looking at that and you find a product, you know, brand name on Amazon, like Google it and go look at that, that see if they sell it directly. Sometimes they'll sell it directly for a lower cost as an example. Right. And somebody came back and said, yeah, that's great. I can save $5 on this $50 thing. Not a small percentage, just 10% off. Right. But 
I buy things from Amazon because Amazon has the best service hands down of any retailer I've ever dealt with in my entire life. If, I, if the product shows up and looks at me funny, I can probably return it for free by dropping it off at a UPS store and just walking away, right? Like it's that easy. And so when you have a platform like uh, the marketplace that Apple has in, or Microsoft or, or whatever, that kind of anti-competitive practice that says you can't even try to get people to buy stuff from you directly in your own application, I do think they should be smacked left and right I for agree. that. I think and, it's, and I think if, it's ridiculous. Because, because if, if consumers feel like they can get the level of service by clicking the link and going through that company that they can from the app store, then Apple should have no right to prevent it from happening. They either provide a value to their customers, and that's why they stay and keep buying it through Apple's platform, or they are being anti-competitive. I, I mean, hands down, I don't think there's a good argument against that personally. So um, I, I'm glad to see those kinds of things being heavy-handed, in, okay. in, I guess, towards tech. So I wasn't I wasn't listening to what you were just saying there. So I'm not trying to respond directly to that. I was trying to. <laughs> no, Rex, no, I'm just I'm one doing v, more research. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm doing more research. I'm just doing more research. So tell me if this has anything to do with what you were just saying or not. But at least the listeners heard you. <laughs> I love you. Don't get your feelings hurt. I'm just saying the what all I'm saying is what I'm saying now is in a direct response to what you're saying. But anyway, I got so that. there's some research here. One percent of Spotify customers pay Apple. For that thirty percent, right? So ninety. So if you have an Apple, if you have an iPhone, and you want to pay for Spotify, you can go and pay Spotify through Spotify services. Right? Sure. Or you can subscribe through Apple's subscription thing. What they're saying is it's roughly one percent of customers that do that. It's about six hundred eighty thousand of its hundred million premium customers. Sure. Pay that. I guess I'm trying to figure out like where's the anti-competitive. Anti-competitive is where's the take take Spotify yeah, out of it. Yeah, take yeah. out of it. Take no-name app you've never heard yeah. of, but you discover on the app store. Uh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's the fine. problem. It, Apple is telling that developer that they can do nothing to advertise their own service through their own website or in their own application, and that artificially prevents them from being able to use. Apple as a platform to to get yeah, new I, users. I now, I was just I trying think, to find a way to look at it. You know, devil's advocate, Apple's from the, advocate, no, no, no. And, and I think well, I think it is good. I think it's good to look at it that way because a developer releasing it on the App Store. It, the, the problem here is that, and this is exactly why there's anti-competitive laws in place. Is that you really, if you're developing a mobile app, you have no choice but to go through the Google Store or the Apple Store, in particular on Apple, because at least in, in Google's ecosystem, you could, as unsuccessful as it's likely to be, produce it yourself, make it available, and, and have people sideload it, right? Nothing stops you from doing that on, on Android. It is much more difficult to sideload something on Apple's platform. They have done as much as they can to prevent that from being possible, right? But you charge them a different fee structure maybe to say you're like you're just using my platform as an advertising you shouldn't be able to tell them they can't link to their own payment platform i don't know i i don't i don't know where the where where the line gets fuzzy but it i get why this is under scrutiny here's where the line gets fuzzy um let's just pretend spotify wasn't the juggernaut that it is in the music streaming business today 
And so, because here's here's what the EU is is I'm going to assume going to be arguing is that what if Spotify and Apple Music released on the same day? They're both ten dollars a month or whatever it might be. And if in the event that Spotify wanted to be able to charge less for their service from a competitive perspective, they're already at a disadvantage because Apple is going to take a percentage cut from them. And if it's a brand new app, their users are probably going to be like, oh, I'll just subscribe through this Apple service that I'm using today. And so the issue becomes from a competitive perspective, they are not on level playing fields. $10 for Apple and I don't know the cost. I'm just making these things up. Yeah. $10 for Apple Music is $10 to Apple. $10 for Spotify on Apple is $8. So if you, I'm, if I'm you guessing, buy it through Apple, I understand that. Yeah. So don't get caught up in the fact that Spotify only has 1% of people paying for this through there. Yeah. Remember, in the event that they both came out on the same day and they were like on equal playing field as far as market share is concerned, the ability for Spotify to compete with Apple Music in that scenario on a basis of price, when they were already at a disadvantage, is an anti-competitive aspect. Yeah, That's where a major gotcha. problem would be because they, they're already not getting their full cut if, if someone goes to that service and they can't tell anyone else to go through the inconvenience of going to the website and subscribing for $8 instead of 10. In fact, I'm pretty sure Epic tried this and that was the reason why they initially got kicked off of the store. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that is why. So, and just for the record too, comes into it. Spotify is king of uh, streaming subscribe uh, subscriber oh, count. Yeah, for they sure. They have 35% of the industry. Uh, Apple that's Music awesome. has 19%, Amazon has 15%. Yeah, there you go. But that, that's your top three, Spotify, then Apple, then Amazon, then Tencent, then YouTube, then others. Man, no Pandora in there? Uh, they fall into others. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I, not, they didn't. That's, that's another one of those AOLs. Like at peak, Pandora was probably 90% of streaming music. <sighs> I, I don't want to. They didn't have a lot of subscriptions, I don't think, right? That was when they were free. Most Pandora listeners I know don't mind the ads. And so they don't pay for it. No, no, no. I'm with you. That's that's I, the well, perception I, I've I, seen. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't stand the ads. So I just stopped. Not me either. Pandora. Yeah. I'm a bad person. <laughs> All right. What else we got? <laughs> we shut this down. Uh, I guess I, I guess I can give you one last one. Um, and it comes from Riot Games. We've talked about Valorant. It launched last year. It's been wildly successful uh, competitor to Counter-Strike, uh, which I obviously am a big fan of. One issue in almost all competitive games uh, is toxicity. So just mm. the behavior of, of the player of, base, of the player base, whether through voice or text chat. Um, I mean, heck, being, just being a female almost guarantees you are going to get treated a certain way. In fact, we have we have a few uh, female gamers who play with us regularly, and it, it almost all like they very rarely do they realize that the one guy who decides to be I'll just say an a-hole. Uh, does does she does he realize that she is cued with three other male participants next to him, and he'll say something, and we just berate them like just. <laughs> them 
But like, I hear this whenever people are like, the, the most common thing is, so are you actually a girl? Or are you a 12 year old boy? Like, that's like oh, the type Jeez. of stuff that you hear all the time. I remember that. I, and, I, I had to like mute Halo chats because it was awful. They, they even made it to was... where you couldn't, you know, communicate from one team to the other team in Halo right. these days because it was so toxic. Yeah. Well, Riot is now going to be recording and I, I have a feeling this is going to be a problem, <laughs> but they're <laughs> going to be recording Valorant voice chat in order to fight toxicity. And if players do not opt in, they cannot use voice chat. And that is for those of you who don't know, yeah, playing a competitive shooter, especially on PC, you have to have it. If you don't have voice chat, like you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're going to be in a real bad spot. Yeah, and there's other things able to communicate is games. a huge part of the game. Yeah, and if you don't communicate, people will rate you lower or say that you're um, mm. you're trolling or whatever else, and you can get banned in other means or put into queues with other people who <laughs> don't communicate or do stuff so like your gaming experience will go down dramatically if you're the player. Gaming, says, well, not just, for the hearing impaired. I'm just here to 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 point and click, and I don't I don't talk. So, and and that's fine. By the way, they actually have they have indicators for people who um, have disabilities. And they have other ways for them to communicate in that in that manner. So, like you, you can under you can you can ma manage that as well, and it's completely understandable. But for the vast majority of players, you need to get on that mic, and you need to be respectful <laughs> when you are. Get it. Um, so it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see what they do with this because I I mean millions of players and matches. I mean, surely AI is going to be involved in this somehow. I'd imagine it comes down to like someone gets you know, reported for toxicity in chat. They then grab the audio, they check right. it out, and then they get slapped on the wrist or, or whatever it might be. But it's... it's yeah, they're not going to do that manually. They won't be able to keep up with it. Right. 100%. Yeah. How do they how do they prevent that just constant reporting? Well, I guess if they... Yeah. I guess if they listen and then... I mean, uh, they already have so, that, though. So many problems like, there. People, One way people Valve... report teams because they just got romped. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> yeah, one way Valve does this, and it's it's not overly effective, but they basically crowdsource it. Um, they have this ability for if you are a high enough rank and you have a the high computer, enough sort of moderation. Stature, yeah. So, like for instance, my account qualifies for me to be able to do what are called Overwatch matches, which means that I am considered a good enough player and a good enough person to be able to judge whether or not the behavior inside of a game is legitimate, good, bad, whatever. And so I will get cases sent to me <laughs> and then I can review them. And I do, I'll, you know, I'll review maybe one a week or, or uh, two a month or something like that. And I'll review them. And basically it, it blocks out everything. It takes away all player skins, all player names, et cetera. So you can't see anything. Um, I mean, heck you could be reviewing your friend for all, you know, and uh, you'd basically say, state whether or not you think someone's cheating, what you think they're doing as far as like what cheats they're using, uh, if you think that they are purposely trying to throw the match, et cetera. So they crowdsource a lot of that because a lot of people may get, you know, like for instance, my friend Brandon, who's incredible at Counter-Strike, he gets probably accused of cheating at least once every time we play, gets reported all the time. I'm certain that people on Overwatch or, or, or he's getting Overwatch cases thrown at him all the time where people are reviewing his gameplay and so they're spectating him and realizing he's not cheating. He's just better than you. So that's like the type of thing. Cause you can get a, a VAC ban for that. A VAC is Valve's anti-cheat and you, I mean, you cannot continue playing if you get banned off wow. Overwatch. So, Hey, let me give you one fun one to close down. 
do it. And then, yeah, I think we got to get out of here. All right. So the, the fastest thing that humans have ever created just set a speed record. Do you want to guess what it is? Rocket. Yes. Well, it's it's space probe. It's a thing in space. That's how you go fast where there's no friction. The Parker solar probe was clocked at over 330,000 miles per hour. They're trying to get it really close to the sun. So it's just, it's, it's on this elliptical loop. That's getting closer and closer. It now just passed within 6.5 million miles of the sun, which is pretty close. The last time it went by, it was 11.6 million miles at only 245,000 miles an hour. Now it's going 330,000 miles an hour being pulled. But the crazy thing about this, so you think 330,000 miles an hour, and we always talk about interstellar travel, getting closer to the speed of light, all that kind of stuff. 330,000 miles per hour is only 0.00049 the speed of light. (laughs) So we have a ways to go. A long way to go <laughs> is what to get saying. anything to get anything even to like even to one percent the speed of light. It's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. We'll get there. Yep. Elon. Yeah. Yep. One one percent. You one percent of the speed of light uh, would be six hundred and oh, I'm sorry, six point seven million miles per hour, and we're only able to get it up to three hundred thirty thousand. What are we even doing <laughs> here? I, I think the speed of light is one of those constants that, uh, you know, we drilled in physics all the time. And uh, so it, it always stuck to my head, but we, you approximate it for most stuff because, you know, who cares if you're off by a, a few million uh, meters per second, but 3.8 times 10, sorry. Yeah. Three, three, three times 10 to the eighth power is the speed of light roughly. So when you're thinking about cars relative to the speed of light, you can just do the meters per second conversion in your head. Let me let me go ahead and help you out a little bit more with this. <laughs> Most people can't quantify what you just said, and we're yeah, trying I, I to get there. <laughs> no, I didn't Lots listen to what zeros. you said just once again. <laughs> Sorry, he, he was doing some research on puppies. <laughs> puppies, All yeah. Right, so, yeah get it out of here. <laughs> All right. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to the close. Thank you all for joining us. We had a great time. I hope you did too. Thank you for supporting us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your friends, your family, random strangers on the street. Go get some swag. Do your thing. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Peace. Later.